Hello, and welcome to Interview with an Expert. Each month, we chat with founders, entrepreneurs, and leading experts on different areas of emerging technology and how it is transforming business and reshaping industries. What you should know today and what you should be thinking about for the future. Join us as founder of the Chatsy Group, Jen Echegarry, hosts today's Interview with an Expert. My name is Jen Natchegary. I'm the CEO of the Chatsy Group. We run an emerging technology consulting firm that specializes in business process automation and agile procurement. This particular interview is for our clients and network who are keenly interested in understanding what to look for when hiring conversational designers, innovative voice and use cases, and what the future of conversational design looks like for enterprises and beyond. This week for our interview with an expert series, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Jason Gilbert a character designer for Intuition Robotics. He has extensive experience as a creative director and has led many campaigns for some very special companies like Universal, Disney, Amazon, et cetera. Um, but what's really interesting is his shift from a creative director to a conversational designer and how he got it with, involved with chatbots by accident um, is something that I'm really looking, uh, I'm interested to learn a little bit more about. Um, you'll also see here, he is a co-creator of Anna, which is deemed um, as the world's most entertaining chatbot and is in the continued path to producing very highly characterized and successful chatbot designs, which makes him the perfect expert to speak with about everything related to AI and conversational design. Hi, Jason. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Jen. What an intro. Amazing. Thank you, Thank <laughs> you for having me. Hey, we've done my research. <laughs> We're really happy to, to have a chat with you today. Um, maybe before we dive in, why don't you talk a little bit about this accidental involvement with chatbots, and then maybe we can introduce your friend here. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I actually went to film school uh, back 20 years ago. I was a, I wanted, always wanted to be a filmmaker, a director since I was a kid. Uh, and I went to film school, and after graduated film school, I made a, a feature film and a short film, and I thought, hey, this is going to be my career. I'm going to be a filmmaker, and I'm going to make, you know, the odd art house movie i'm going to do a few music videos just you know uh and then everything changed in 2015. in 2015 i answered an ad for a what was it it was like an interactive screenwriter and i was like oh this is this is weird what's what's this so i went and it turned out that there weren't conversation designers this was in 2015 there weren't conversation designers we were called interactive screenwriters or interactive screenplay writers uh, the, 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 the title of the job didn't even exist. So I, for the first year or two, I had to explain to people what a conversation designer, <laughs> what a conversation designer is. I had to like, you know, and now I don't, fortunately I don't have to do that anymore people. It's kind of like well-known, but, um, for me, it was an amazing, I discovered a whole brand new world. I discovered a world that was so much more than filmmaking it encompassed within it, all these great things of creating characters, creating stories robotics it was just a, a brand new world and i was just it's like a kid in the candy shop um and the first projects that i got to work on was actually the first chatbot released on facebook messenger which was miss piggy well actually before that was uh, doc brown for back to the future 2 but miss piggy was the first rollout was the first big campaign on facebook messenger for a chatbot and it was incredible it was incredible because you get to see people i grew up i love the muppets okay let me just put it out there i who doesn't love the Muppets, right? The Muppets are yeah, great. Our generation. <laughs> My right, it's a different generation, but they, they're great. The Muppets, I grew up watching the Muppets. So when I got a chance to write for Miss Piggy, I was like, oh, 
this is a dream come true. This is like, I, I, you know, and to, even, to make things even better, I got paired with Jim Lewis, who is her official ghostwriter. And he was basically, he's the first one that taught me about really what it means to have a character and what it means to maintain that character. And I still use a lot of his advice today when I'm working on LEQ, which is the social robot for additional robotics that I work for. I use a lot of the principles uh, that I learned from Jim in terms of what makes a character interesting, what makes a character engaging, uh, why do people want to talk to Miss Piggy? Uh, and all these people who had grown up with her were all of a sudden privy to having a conversation with her for the first time. Meaning I grew up watching her on TV and now I'm a 50, 60 year old, I'm talking to her on Facebook Messenger. And it was just like, I realized that this is, this just transmedial, it, it, it basically crosses all borders and it allows people to interact with their favorite characters. And it's like, this is great. This is what I want to do for a living. And luckily I'm still here. <laughs> of course, what a fascinating experience. And just, I guess, almost like a childhood dream come true, kind of almost just accidentally launching into something that didn't exist, like you were saying and being able to actually create personas um, with the ghostwriter is extremely I guess just I think as a screenwriter that's what you want to do right that's, that's yeah so great. let me ask you a question I worked on uh, uh, Back to the Future Doc Brown who was also one of my favorite characters growing up okay yeah. and uh, one of the first experiences that I had with actual people talking to the chatbot was the writer of the movie uh, uh, Bob Gale who wrote the, the trilogy and directed it with uh, Bob Zemeckis, they brought him into Universal after we finished the chat, but I was so nervous. because like, he's going to talk to Doc Brown. He knows Doc Brown better than anybody. <laughs> What's he going to say to Doc Brown? And so uh, I, um, I'm not there because it's happening in Universal Studios. And I look at the transcripts, the log of the conversation, and he says two words to the, to the chatbot, which I don't think are appropriate to say because you might have people on this call. But he basically cursed at his own creation. I was like, this is crazy, but funny. So that was my experience dealing with, on one hand, dealing with Jim Lewis, who was very much protective of his character. And, and then the yeah. other hand, Bob Gale, who was kind of like, let's play with this character. And because this is what people are going to ask her. This is what people are going to say to Doc Brown. And it's true. A lot of people are very abusive and are very like, they, they test limits and they see what they can say to the chat. Yes. And that's what I learned from Bob Gale is that you have to be prepared for any type of input from the user, anything, even things that are uh, gross and uh, disrespectful and, and mean and abusive. Uh, so yeah. that's a good lesson. That's a very good subject because anytime I talk with any key stakeholders when we're kind of creating the whole business use case is this exact thing, right? Because from a, from a compliance standpoint, we always have to make sure that we're minimizing risk. And these types of conversations happen all the time. People just try to break the chatbot so to speak. And so um, I think it's interesting the role that conversational designers play because they have to think about so many different scenarios. Um, and hopefully with some NLP advancement, which has come a long way since even I've been in chatbots, um, it'll hopefully take care of that. But TBD, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, no, but there, there's two parts of that argument though, because on one hand you have uh, what the chatbot is saying. Uh, yeah. And so when you have projects like the uh, Miss Piggy or Doc Brown, or even Anna to a lesser degree, and who's the world's best chatbot, they're all uh, based on what's called rules-based systems, meaning they're all pre-programmed. They have answers, trees, and everything that are all pre-written. And there's just thousands and thousands of them. And it feels like you're talking to a real, but it's actually all pre-programmed. So there's no way the chatbot can actually say anything that will uh, hurt your brand. Versus, uh, for instance, nowadays, there's this thing called GPT-3, uh, the, the, uh, the transformer that uh, OpenAI built that basically took billions and billions of parameters of data uh, and created a model that was able to predict and give you uh, and have a chat. 
But when it comes to small talk or conversation, it's not able to crack it yet because it, it, it gets its information from places like Reddit. So all the, so like within a few seconds, you see that this, this transformer goes to what I call Tayland. Tayland is a reference to the Microsoft Tay debacle from a few years ago yeah. when they released a self-learning <laughs> chatbot on Twitter. Uh, and you get something that's super uh, mean and racist and, and, and just like, why, why would anyone want to talk to this? Um, so that's what that's the problem. And so I think as long as you have a rules-based chatbot, uh, you can control what's coming in. You can't control what people are saying to it. That's the thing. But, no. you know, people, people are weird, so. <laughs> I just think people question sometimes with technology, even when I talk to you, depending who I talk to, I don't know about you, but some people understand what a chatbot is and some people have still no idea. Sometimes they just kind of view it as a little icon that sometimes certain websites like Expedia, for example, has to kind of help them out. And then you have such advanced versions of different chatbots that they don't quite understand um, the complexity that chatbots can actually go to. So like you said, with an open API, I think it's very interesting. All right, Jason. So let's uh, quickly transition maybe into describing very high level um, what conversational designers are and what role they play in conversational AI applications. So you said you talked a little bit about rules-based um, I guess, formations with text, but maybe we can talk just a bit about the role in general. Yeah, so the role of conversation designer, like I said, is actually relatively new uh, because in the past, the people that were doing the conversation design were the programmers, which is what, what led to some very technical sounding bots that didn't sound very human or didn't sound very uh, conversational. And so you talk with them and it's like, oh, this is weird. They're talking like a... a, a I don't know, like a programmer. Uh, so, so the idea was a few years ago, like, hey, let's put creative people uh, and let them design the flow of the conversation. Let's let them decide what the, uh, you know, the linguistics and how the chatbot uh, uh, communicates. So let's let them decide what the, you know, the characteristics of the chatbot are because they're much more equipped. They're content designers. They're, you know, they're creative people. They have a much better grasp of what makes a character interesting, what makes a character conversational, and we'll let the programmers do what they do best, which is program. And so you have this sort of uh, this split of, of programmers and conversation designers now working together to create uh, great chat experiences on chat and voice. So I think uh, what we do as conversation designers is we ensure that the flow of the conversation between uh, the chatbot and the person talking to it is smooth, that it feels uh, like they're getting what they, both sides are getting what they need, because I always say that uh, a good experience when it comes to chat is the chatbot has a goal and the users have a goal. And as long as both sides get, you know, they meet in the middle and they get, both of them get what they want, then it's a successful experience. Uh, and a lot of people forget that the chatbots have goals. I mean, not really, they're not, I mean, they're, they're AI, but, but. You know, for the sake of the, the, we, we give them character, we, you know, because otherwise people will give them character. People will anthropomorphize yeah. whatever you give them. And so they're going to do it for you if you don't do it. So it's best to control the narrative, so to speak, and to create your own persona. And it's really helpful because um, you can get away with a lot more. You can be much more empathetic. You can have actual emotions once you have a character. If you don't have a character, you can't have, it's really hard to, uh, um, do emotions. If you're just a, oh. a, 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 a programmed bot by a programmer who's, you know, there's no uh, uh, human, there's no humanity there. And I think that's what, that's what makes some chatbots really good is their ability to sort of mimic the human experience. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do with LEQ. We're trying to make her the most empathetic robot and sort of artificial empathy, but that's what we're going for. We're trying to make it feel because she's 
She's, uh, she lives with, uh, with elderly people. So she wants to give them a sense of, okay, you know, I'm not just a cold, unfeeling robot. I'm actually, I can empathize with you. I know, you know, what you're going through is being alone is really hard. So that's where the personality and the conversation design shines. And that's where you see good examples of experiences when people actually put effort into designing how it flows and what the user will get from the first time to the last time he talks to your brand or your chatbot. I think, I think you brought up some really good points there, um, just regarding about how much energy and, and resources you want to put into creating a persona. Because um, a lot of different enterprises, when they create a chatbot, they're usually just trying to solve a business problem. Like our customer service is just inundated. We want to help. Uh, we'll add a chatbot to this. It's a great use case. It definitely will help the at least the initial first tier um, helpline, but they don't really want to put too much energy and resources into the action. You're shaking your head. The design of the personality. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, they're making a mistake. And I think that that's part of the problem is that they go, someone says, a product manager says, okay, we need a chatbot. And then he passes it down to someone and someone at the very bottom says, okay, well, let's put a chatbot up. And so they just grab whatever no code or whatever they can do or they can figure out. And they put a chatbot just to say, hey, we got a chatbot. But what it does is it actually causes more damage to your brand. Uh, and that's what people don't understand is that you're saving money in the short term, but you're losing, uh, you're losing your customers and your uh, clients trust uh, and your brand is getting hit because it's suffering the you know a, a chatbot that doesn't have any personality and is bad is sitting there representing your brand on social media or on your website and people are saying okay well this is the brand I don't want to deal with this brand anymore because if they can't do this chatbot right obviously they're not going to help me with what I need so uh, I think it's a mistake and I think that if you're going to go do a chatbot just do it right Okay, talking about doing it right then. So let's talk about from a training and hiring perspective. Let's say I want to build a certain chatbot and I want to go for the long term. So I really want to do create a right personality and I want to hire some conversational designers onto my team so that this this bot can evolve as our customer evolves, as our brand evolves, etc. Um, what would you say for a company looking to hire a conversational designer? What kind of background, education? Would, would be optimal when hiring? Because this is such, like you said, a very new emerging field and hiring them is probably one of the hardest things to do. Who makes someone qualified? That's a great question because there aren't standards uh, and that's part of the problem. We're starting starting to see different academies. Like my uh, my good friend, uh, Hans van Dam has the Conversation Design Institute in uh, the Netherlands. And so you see other digital academy in the States and you have these places which are training and, and getting people up to the standards of conversation design. Um, but I, I say, you know, take a moralistic approach. Look at the chat that you're trying to create. See who the people are that would have the best input to what you're trying to create. Is this a very technical chatbot for uh, uh, an accounting firm for, for Johnson & Johnson Pharmaceuticals? Is this for Disney? Uh, so you have to think, okay, what's my product? Who, what am I, who am I talking to? And then you can say, okay, well, now, now that I know who I'm kind of dealing with, let me just try and find the perfect person because I find the conversation designers need to have they need to be creative, but they also need to have a little bit of tech because we're still in a world where conversation designers need to understand NLP systems. They need to understand uh, intents and entities and slots. You need to, even if you're not dealing with it, you need to understand what they are in order for you to be able to expand and to do, to do your work. So on one hand, you need someone who's very creative. Uh, on the other hand, they need to have some kind of technical proficiency <laughs> in the system. So it's, it's, a, it's difficult. It's a difficult beast to find. Uh, and if you look at me, for instance, I'm closer to the content side. Technical, I'm okay, but there are people that are better with it. But there are a lot of people that I know that are really good on the technical side. 
but not so great that they get, they get stiff when they try to write. So it's, it, you need to find some kind of balance between a tech writer and someone who is just creative and thinks out of the box and is just, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, we've all been having conversations since we were little. We all know how to have a conversation. Uh, so everybody is, a, could be a conversation designer. I find that uh, there are a few professions that make uh, for really good conversation designers. What is journalism? I always find that journalists are really good conversation designers because they're very thorough. Uh, yeah. They always try and get ask the right questions because they need to get to the truth. Uh, and a lot of them, you know, they, they're used to working hard for a little pay. So it's perfect. <laughs> you, can, you can cut that out if you want. No, I think journalism is a really good point to bring because they have, like you said, they have a very thorough background. They have a research heavy background. They do have to be a bit creative as well, right? With how they approach yeah. things. So I think that is a really good um, background education wise. Um, I specifically- but also, Oh yeah. Also no, filmmakers. Science yeah. is interesting as well. So, sorry? Cognitive science background is also very yes. interesting. What they're teaching in schools now it's evolved since you know it's you and I went to school they actually have these types of backgrounds where they incorporate the technical side with the NLP and understanding intents etc and then they also understand well psychologically how does the brain work how does it flow so I find those types of people are really good conversational designers but hard to find and hire yeah and I also find that they also sometimes lack the creativity that you need because they're very yeah. much academic and they're very much and then sometimes you just need that so if you're building a team, I would say it's good yeah, to have one yeah. of those, but also someone who's just wildly creative, who's just going to throw out crazy ideas out. And then you need, you know, so a team is more than just one person, but um, directors, film directors are amazing uh, because they have this, this vision of how a thing should be. Like they see the film in their head from pre-process to, you know, to uh, from uh, uh, pre-production all the way through post-production. They see what the final, in their head, they see the final result. And I think that's what you need when you build a chatbot. You need to, when you start writing the character uh, uh, profile for this, you need to know, okay, what's the first interaction it's having with users and how, what's the last interaction if it's, a, if it's just a, you know, temporary bot, if it's just for a campaign or something, is this going to be long-term? What's the type of relationship that I'm forming with uh, the people that I'm talking to? Is it like, a, am I learning over time? Am I becoming a, their friend? What's the nature of our relationship? Uh, so I think directors are great at that. And also people that are in theater, uh, playwrights and stuff like that. Uh, but they lack the technical, sometimes they lack the technical background. So that's a bit, mm. it's a bit difficult, but, um, anybody can be a psychologist can be, I've seen, I've trained psychologists to be conversation designers. I've trained, um, UX, uh, designers. I, yeah. I mean, what else have I trained? I, I think I've even trained some nurses <laughs> to be conversation designers. So there's really, there's no, there's no. Anybody can do it. Uh, anybody, you know, and it, but to do it well, you need to practice and learn and study and, and, and talk to a lot of chatbots, talk to a lot of voice projects. But uh, just to get in the door, I think anybody who's creative has a shot at this point. Interesting. I think I find just the war of, uh, of, of talent is very evident right now. It's, it's already started and happening. And I think it's, it's continued to happen because you have no idea how many different enterprises come to me. Like, we need to hire a conversation designer. And I'm like, yeah, you and everybody else out there. Like it's because you might've even had bought an existing chatbot three, four years ago. It's clearly behind the times and they need to bring it up to speed because they recognize it is a good method of communication and data collection as well with the conversation. So that's, I'm not sure if you have those kinds of conversations around all the data that's collected in them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a huge privacy issue. And it was a huge privacy issue from the very beginning because uh, people are reviewing. There are people that are, their job is to review conversation logs. So people don't realize this, but the way chatbots improve is by feedback loop, is by looking at conversations, improving the conversations and iterating and then deploying again. Uh, and so I think it started in 2017 with GDPR. Uh, GDPR was the European privacy uh, and every chatbot in Europe had to... Uh, basically declare or tell the users at the very beginning of the conversation, hey, uh, we're collecting information, uh, you know, which I think is great. I think that they yeah. should need, they need, people need to know, we need to be transparent about what, but on the other hand, uh, when you're creating an experience like Miss Piggy, the last thing you want is to sort of ruin that, you know, is to break that fourth wall and say, hey, before we get started, me and you talking, let's have you sign this document saying that you're okay with the privacy. It's like, it just, it just kills the vibe. Uh, and so there's this, there's this, this juggling act between being transparent and telling people what you're collecting versus trying to create a fun experience that people, uh, you know, so again, I think, yeah, I think that, uh, the issues of privacy are immensely important. And I think that it's super important that we disclose uh, upfront and be transparent about the types of information that's being collected and how chatbots work, which is by iterative uh, design and, and by uh, feedback loop. In the past few years, it's even gotten, I think uh, there's been more of a, a, an emphasis on it. And in the States, yeah. I think in California, there was uh, privacy laws. And so you cannot design today without considering privacy, uh, meaning that you have to take that into account. Uh, and if you don't, you're going to risk alienating people that are talking to your chatbot and also breaking the law, which is, I think, illegal. Yep. Something you want to avoid. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, switching gears a little bit to understanding just, Jason, you're clearly very involved in the industry and you have a lot of different wealth of expertise. Um, how do you continue to learn in order to kind of to stay on top of things within your role? What are some resources maybe that, um, that you kind of go to people? That's a great question. Uh, I discovered this, this, uh, voice community online, uh, through LinkedIn. It's called something called voice lunch. I do it every Tuesday. I think there's voice lunches all around the world. It's just a group of people that are enthusiastic about the industry. They get together uh, once a week and they just, it's not recorded, it's on Zoom. And then each week someone else presents an idea or an innovative thing they're working on and we all discuss it and it's great. And so that's just one resource, but there's so many resources today. Every day, if you look online on LinkedIn, there's webinars, there's uh, free, and these things are all free, free events that you can go to and just uh, increase your knowledge and really understand the world of conversation design. If you want to go into literature, there's some really great books uh, about conversation design, including the, the classic by Kathy Pearl, uh, which is, I think, the Bible of conversation design. I forget the name of the book, but uh, she wrote the Bible on it. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's, been, there's some other books, but I think the best thing you can do is to talk to chatbots, to see what works. Um, spend some time talking to Alexa. Sorry, I hope I didn't trigger it for anyone. Uh, <laughs> talk to some skills. Yeah, talk to some skills. Get, to, get, a, get an understanding of what the technology is like currently. See what people are making. Um, and it's really easy to get into the community and to just follow along and to really learn from... Because these people are very, very approachable. Remember, these are people that, uh, you know, the top conversation designers have only been, you know, the only famous in this very small circle. So you still have a chance to like connect with the people that were the first in the industry, which is like saying, 
you know, 30 years ago, you could talk to whoever designed, you know, the first person to design websites, which is weird because you think about it, that's like, but yeah, we're still such a, 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 a niche community that a lot of us are very much, I'm, I'm, very, I'm always open. People always reach out to me from all over the world. And I always try to talk to everyone and try to, you know, it's also a very open talk, community. But... I agree. It's a very helpful, open community that everybody, I think, because you said it's so new, it's such an, it's in its infancy. Everybody's trying to help one another learn, right? Because that's the only way that this technology and the conversations are going to get better. Um, Absolutely. By a collective. So good. Thank you so much for um, a few of those resources. We'll make sure that we take them um, here. Um, Let's talk a little bit about from a um, marketing context. Um, we talked a little bit about brand personas, et cetera. Um, what are some, some exciting use cases maybe that you've seen or been a part of in the past year or maybe are part of going forward that are just kind of like, wow, as if they're using a chatbot for that. I, I think that's a great use case. Do you have any? Um, yeah, I, there's a bunch of them. There's so many good use cases out there. Um, one of the ones that I worked on, which I think is, is great, it's not like the best use case I've ever had, but I think it's something that not enough people explore. Uh, a few, I think it was two or three years ago, Belvedere, the vodkas approached us. Uh, and this was, I was working at in-person and they wanted to use uh, Candace, Candace Kumai, I think her name is. She's the chef, uh, the green tea chef. And okay. they were like, we have, we have Belvedere vodka. We have our brand ambassador, uh, uh, I forget her name. Uh, Candice Kumai, I think, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, it's been a while. And what they did was they basically made her the chatbot, the face, uh, you know, that people would talk to her and she would give recommendations, recipes, stuff you could do with the vodka and just give you like, and just have a chat with you about, you know, your plans or whatever. And so this was a great use of like harnessing celebrity power, harnessing yeah. these celebrities and people that, because people want to talk to celebrities. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, just because you make a chatbot doesn't mean people are going to want to talk to it. That's the trick. You got to get people interested in, in talking to it. There's, there's a discovery process that you need to, you need to get people excited about it. And so if you're just saying, I have a chat bot, people are like, I don't care. Uh, but if you say, hey, I have, you know, uh, Samuel Jackson uh, reading the weather, just like Amazon's doing right now, people will pay money for that. Uh, and I think they're beginning to see that people are willing to pay money for that. I, I'm not sure if Amazon has released the numbers yet, but I'm curious to see uh, if it was, uh, if, you know, if they made any revenue off of the Samuel Jackson voice. That's really interesting. So leveraging celebrities and almost kind of bring up the topic of almost creating an avatar out of them. And then the conversation design that goes into it. That's, that's really cool use case. Um, yeah. And the other use case, I'm going to do reverse use case. Yeah. I'm going to go that, and then that way I'm going to also <laughs> the other side. Show our, our dear friend, our dear friend, Anna, is that one of the, the use cases that I tried to explore um, was using conversational AI and chatbots as these digital uh, influencers. And so uh, our friend Anna, who's here, who I uh, worked on uh, for, for years, uh, she was in the beginning, she was meant to be a companionship bot for the elderly. And then after a while, I realized, well, I'm not really getting the, the clinical trials that I need. I can't get in front of the people in the old age homes, retirement homes. Uh, and the only testers I was getting were young, young people. And I realized they were really excited to talk to Anna because she was fresh and she was like excited, sassy. And I was like, this is a great opportunity for fashion designers, fashion brands, anybody really to use 
digital avatars. Uh, and I think there's some people there, Lil Michaela is an example. I think she has like two and a half million followers on Instagram, but she's not a chatbot. She's just a digital avatar. But I'm saying, take, the, take little Michaela, give her a personality that she can talk to people. And then you have this amazing way of interacting one-on-one -on -one with people on a huge scale. So uh, I think that is the most, that's the clearest, most, uh, uh, I think, least path of least resistance to, to revenue in terms of uh, what you can do with chatbots today. So do you think brands, rather than hiring influencers, real, we'll call real human being influencers and having to pay them. And, you know, there is a room for a human error in that, right? And how they, and how they are versus just creating their own uh, digital influencer and leveraging that because it's their own IP. They can do whatever they want with it. And it never gets tired. It never, it never has any diva <laughs> moments. It doesn't need to go to the trailer. Uh, no vacations, no breaks, uh, no family life to get in the way of doing work. Uh, so <laughs> all the benefits. Really? <laughs> it's a horrible thing to say. It's a horrible thing to say, but it's true. And that's what people are looking at. It. Um, but I think that we still can't. Anna's not good enough to, um, and I say good enough in terms of uh, her ability to pass as a human to be um, at that level yet. I think the technology just isn't there yet, but it's close. It's getting close. And I think that... Uh, a lot of the design principles that we're applying can make can get us there closer, can get us even closer because we're sort of blurring the lines with creative design. First off, thanks Absolutely. so much, Jason. This was a lovely interview. Thoroughly enjoyed your personality and just your persona. It's been an easy, easy chat. <laughs> and I learned a lot Thank too. You. And I'll make sure that we document some of those resources that you had suggested there. And um, let's keep in touch. I think we're obviously in the same niche industry and... Um, we're a lot, it's funny, I'm co-creating a North American kind of version of um, Conversational Design Institute, but it's mainly, it's more towards enterprises. Yeah, so we're launching in September, so. That's awesome, it's needed. It's very, it's very much needed because uh, I think there's no standards and we need to have standards. We need to be able to, you know, when someone comes to you and they wanna be a cinematographer, they need to show you a reel. They need to show you work that's been done. They need to have like, maybe they've gone to film school, but you know, you need to have credentials. Uh, conversation design, there's no credentials, there's nothing. I mean, you can, uh, even a, sometimes a portfolio is hard to get because people are saying, well, I, I worked on this chatbot, but it's, uh, it belongs to the brand and I can't, I can't release it. It's privacy, blah, blah, blah. So you don't, and then they say, well, I worked on this spot with a group and you don't know what their exact role was on the chatbot because there's 70 people working on it. So it's hard, it's hard, but I think that um, you can, really get a sense of people uh if you just talk to chatbots just talk to them just talk to them all the time great that's what i do it's weird but i do thank it. you well thanks you're <laughs> like that's all i do all day i just talk to chatbots <laughs> pretty much it's weird yeah <laughs> no seriously thanks again i think maybe jason if you consider it once we do launch our um our academy of sorts i have to name it still um i'll reach out to you and you can kind of take a little uh, look i would love to kind of get your feedback that'd be amazing sure yeah like i said i'm very approachable so just reach out to me i'm you know whenever I'm i will happy same to talk about you. it yeah awesome. same as you as well and um yeah thanks again and we will um be in touch like i said this will probably launch in september and awesome yeah Cool. Great, Jen. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Lovely chat. I hope right. you have a wonderful day and feel cool. Thank Blur. you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Interview with an Expert. Make sure to leave us a voice message and tell us what you thought of today's conversation. Have questions for the next expert or a topic you want to have discussed? 
We would love to hear them. Don't forget to tune in each week for a new interview and each month for a new topic. Until next time.